listening to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about Miss Mabel Margaret's pregnancy. That's me. Which is really exciting because she's getting to experience all these things firsthand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always, I just think it's like so cute and ironic because when we first started this podcast, our little intro was like, we are students, something mothers. And she's like, but I'm not a mother yet. Mm-hmm. But now you are. <laughs> so it all, it all works out. Um, and this is our first podcast together about or talking to me about this experience right because you recorded one mm-hmm. previously okay so i might ask you questions there might be some repeat questions. i mean i recorded one and i was like a week okay wow so. so cool before i even told you oh my gosh well that was one of my first questions was like what what i guess i'm kind of curious like uh, do you feel like you knew you were pregnant before there was, like, big obvious signs? Well, that's a whole funny question. <laughs> <laughs> the month, the moon cycle before I got pregnant, I there was some part of my brain that decided that I probably had gotten pregnant. Even though it didn't really make much sense, like, logistically. There was, like, a very small percentage that it could have happened, and... Somehow I just kind of ran with it, and I was like, all right, I might be pregnant. Great. Let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. And I d- wasn't that month. And then the next month, I was taking my temperature every day and checking my cervical fluid for um, fertility awareness method. And I started taking my temperature for the first, I don't know, week or something when I had my moon. And then there was this, like, weird, cynical voice in my head that's like, it doesn't even matter anyways. And I didn't <laughs> I didn't really question it. I didn't think too much about it. I was like, okay, it doesn't even matter. I'm not going to take my temperature this month. And then I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and neither my partner, Patrick, or I remember having sex that month <laughs> at a time when we could have gotten pregnant. So the whole thing is kind of mysterious, but definitely part of me knew that something was happening before it came Mm -hmm. and I wasn't necessarily like consciously I mean I guess on some level it was conscious but I wasn't thinking about it or vocalizing it because then when I did when my moon was a couple days late there wasn't really a question for me it was like all right now I go take a pregnancy test because (laughs) this isn't just Mabel's moon being late Mm mm-hmm and so I feel like the first month when I thought I might be pregnant, it was like my mental brain getting ready for it. And the second month, my mental, my brain wasn't really involved at all. It was all just feelings of like, okay, mm. I, I'm feeling what's happening. I can't explain it mm. on any kind of physical level, but I knew something was coming. Mm. 
And then when did you start feeling physical things? And what did that feel like? Ooh. Um, I don't remember exactly. I think it's hard to tell because I knew so much what I was looking for or what I was feeling for. Like I knew what was going to change, what I could feel that it's hard to tell what was me making things up mm. and what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you definitely started feeling not good. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how many weeks that was, though. And I've been a horrible documentarian of this mm. pregnancy. I'm glad we're doing this part. At least. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the not feeling good and like what that process looked like and if there was anything that helped you or? Yeah, I'm. I don't want to be a negative note <laughs> about it, but I don't think there was anything that helped. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Um, it was. I think that I had such a challenging time, mostly with morning sickness, also just feeling really exhausted, but. I think it was mostly because I'd been working and going so hard previous to that that my body was like, all right, we got to send you a very clear signal that you need to stop doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And things are shifting and need to shift and you need to get on board. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if I'd had a milder time with morning sickness or if I'd felt more capable in the first trimester, I would have just kept on going. Mm-hmm. Like there was a couple mornings where we had farm harvests or one morning where Z and I decided to pack trees to ship at like four in the morning <laughs> like all right we're gonna get started at four we're gonna get it done mm-hmm. and I was there and I did it and I'd felt gross and horrible the whole time and so I feel like I needed to experience it so intensely to get me to stop mm-hmm. yeah I feel that about my moon sometimes mm-hmm. yeah hmm and so that pretty much s- resolved itself right around like the three month mark, yeah, right? More I or less. Th- I think somewhere around there. I remember thinking, all right, I'm technically in my second trimester. It's all going to end now. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite, but you know, after a couple of weeks, it's faded out. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> On to new challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's two women, close friends and neighbors who are eight weeks ish right eight weeks further along than I am and so I remember at one point I was like deep in it and Agata was like yeah I feel great I have all this energy and I'm gonna go dig in the garden and I just I'm so excited and I'm like I'm never gonna get there I'm just gonna feel like this forever Mm -hmm. but Mm. you don't so I guess that's the the bright part of this story yeah you don't feel terrible forever hallelujah nothing everything is temporary Mm -hmm. um i'm curious like how it's felt to be nourishing yourself because you i've seen you in the past be one to kind of Mm -hmm. like skip meals and have a tendency to you know go long periods without eating yeah and uh, that that's been you know you've been actively making a big effort for that not to be the case so do you Mm want to just talk about how that's been yeah so I think I'm really grateful that I knew going into this pregnancy what nutritional needs for pregnancy actually were that I had a really clear concept of what that meant Mm -hmm. and not just like in a vague oh I'm pregnant I should eat better kind of way but Mm -hmm. like no I need to be getting this much protein now and I need to be 
making sure I get enough iron and yada 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 and eat the skins of the sweet potatoes on the next to my last well, corn. Okay, <laughs> the skins of the sweet potatoes has been a thing of mine since like elementary school. <laughs> Remember all my friends didn't eat their baked potato skins and I was like, well actually that's the part that has the most mineral in it. So <laughs> that's always been a thing for me. But yeah, it was definitely in the first trimester I made a really strong push to be keeping track of things and I didn't really write it down but just mentally noting what I was getting with what meal and what I could maybe swap out for things that would have more of something like Sarah just said nixtamalized corn tortillas are a good source of calcium but flour tortillas are not mm-hmm. yeah and recently it's been a little more challenging I think just because I don't like being in the kitchen because there's so many people there mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm feeling a little tired of people mm-hmm. but it's still it's something that I'm really grateful to have known about before mm-hmm. because if I didn't and I was just all of a sudden pregnant I wouldn't really know what I would need to shift and I think it would take a lot longer for me to figure it out yeah yeah, and I think it would be a lot easier to just continue to follow mm-hmm. those patterns of like, oh, I'm a little hungry, but I'm just going to wait, mm-hmm. you know, for another hour or two or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But now it's kind of fun for me. I can like interrupt people and things and be like, nope, sorry, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I have to go eat a snack. <laughs> just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to have a snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like the tables, I mean... I feel like the tables have turned because I remember there was a moment where I was like, I need to eat. And you would be like, didn't you just eat? And I'm like, yes, but I'm hungry again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now like we'll be doing something and you're like, I have to go eat something. And I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. I'm curious. I know that you've had like quite uh a process with your choices in who's gonna attend your birth who's like mm-hmm. gonna be the midwife and I know that it's been like a little bit tricky for you do you want to talk about that at all yeah sure so I guess when I imagine my birth I mostly am by myself and that's maybe it's just because of the way that we live where there's always people around that's what's felt most comfortable for me recently just want to be as Mayuna said I want to have a lonely time and especially with all everything I've learned about birth and imagined for the way I want to give birth I don't really see anyone else that involved Mm. I mean I'm sure it will be nice to have people around for support and to have Patrick there but in terms of like someone who's professional or who knows what the deal is I would like them to just be you know sitting somewhere else and not talking or doing anything at all like we just watched the birth documentary these are my hours which is super beautiful and you should definitely watch it and the woman emily graham has a midwife and i think at some point in the documentary you see her hands maybe or her feet or something but she's not in the movie at all Mm -mm. (laughs) so i told my midwife i was like so this is this is the way i imagine it i just like i don't want you in my movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you actually say that? I think I did. <laughs> I'm not known for subtlety <laughs> when it comes to communication. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, and I mean, especially like hearing, we just recorded the episode on Sarah's second birth and hearing that story and how 
even with a very free midwife, you could say, there was still all kinds of interferences that Sarah was not into. Mm-hmm. I just am not interested in dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a good chance that I will have to. Mm. But, you know, as much as possible, I would rather not have to be asserting boundaries while in labor. I would like someone to understand. Just just stay in the corner. And if I need something, then we can talk. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're you feel like you're going to have to do that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's definitely. It's yeah, it makes me a little nervous. Something that. When we taught our birth education course most recently in the summer, summer? Yeah, end of summer. End of summer. We, there was a time when we were all thinking about something that we were afraid of when it came to mostly birth, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing that came up for me is feeling silenced or feeling like I knew what needed to happen or what didn't need to happen, but I wasn't able or wasn't given the space to express that. Hmm. And I really, you know, I would obviously (laughs) like to avoid that. And so I think a big part of it for me has been communicating just very straightforward about what it is that I want for the birth and how most of it is for my midwife to leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I guess I'm I'm always just so curious, like your relationship with the midwife, because, you know, you've talked to me about Mm -hmm. it here or there and like, um, the feeling that I get is like there's been a lot of you being like okay this is what I want this is what I don't want like this is what's okay this is what's not okay and just like feeling this kind of like frustration on your side Mm -hmm. but I'm just curious I'm always so curious like do you feel like she um do you feel like she gets you hmm well, first of all, I don't think I'm frustrated with her. Mm-hmm. I think I'm frustrated with the entire legal and political system mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounding all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she understands where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I like that. I wouldn't say she challenges me, but she definitely wants to understand why I'm making the decisions that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about, what was it, blood pressure. And she's like, do you want me to take your blood pressure this week? And I was like, no, I don't really want you to take my blood pressure at all. And she explained why she likes to do it and when she likes to do it. And then she asked me to explain why I didn't want her to do it. So it wasn't just like, mm-hmm. screw the system, I don't need your prenatal care. Mm-hmm. Like, she wanted to make sure that I'd really thought about it mm-hmm. and that I really knew. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. And I also, I guess I... I don't quite know how one makes sure of this, but I want to make sure that she'll also respect decisions that aren't intellectually or logically based. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, blood pressure and weighing myself and doing the gestational diabetes thing, I could give a very clear and logical reason. Like, statistics support this, and Mm -hmm. this thing shows that this is not actually helpful in this way at all. And I could explain it that way, but for a lot of things, especially coming to the labor and the birth I might not be able to explain it yeah like this is just the way things need to be Mm -hmm. I have no reason for you respect that yeah yeah I've been thinking about I I don't know if this is the same exact thing but I mean this is something I think about a lot when it comes to like 
being on this side, being like the mother of the birthing women, mm-hmm. woman, and then being on the other side, like being the care provider or mm-hmm. the midwife, and like where uh, that dance of like, okay, I'm telling you this thing that like deep down I know and feel and trust is like gonna be the best thing to do, and like there's a part of you that wants to be like, please just list me, listen to me, and trust me and do mm-hmm. it, and then there's like uh, that happens. I feel like on both sides, like for example. Marion just put her podcast up about the like the things that I hate about birth and one of them taking back birth podcast yeah one of the things was like I I I don't want to quote it but it was something along the lines of like when people don't listen to me maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't but the example was like when I get a call from a mom who's like exhausted and dehydrated and like I told her like rest hydrate Mm -hmm. you know and like just something like that of like don't ask questions just do the thing and it's like at some point it does make sense to just like listen to this person who has lots of experience Mm -hmm. but in other times it doesn't and I'm also thinking of like this um situation that's happening with our friend who just had a baby and they're having like some nursing challenges and the mid the midwife suggested something that would be helpful and they were like well we just want to see how things go like the next five days and of course like it's up to them like they need Mm -hmm. to experience that but it ended up not being as helpful as it would have and if they had done what she she suggested five days prior it Mm might have been a little bit better so it's like yeah it's definitely funny mm -hmm. to know at what point well, I guess it's about what are you as the woman listening to internally, you know? Like yeah. the woman you said Marin was talking about or hypothetical woman who calls exhausted and dehydrated after not resting and drinking. I don't think she consciously decided not to rest and drink from like a deep place of intuition. She was like, no, no, I'd rather be exhausted and dehydrated. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I think it's just different depending on where the woman is coming from right definitely and the decision making processes right then it like comes to that level of like Mm -hmm. do you trust that woman and where she's at with her (laughs) decision making Mm -hmm. process and like where she's tuning into and how Mm -hmm. deeply she's tuning in and and things like that and yeah because I think you know like about my story with you Noah and like going overdue there's that part of like I I said that I tuned in and I felt like everything was okay and like she trusted me Mm -hmm. but there could have also just been a part of my brain that wanted to believe everything was okay yeah I mean this leads to a whole big question of what is intuition Mm -hmm. (laughs) what are we actually listening to Mm -hmm. yeah definitely on that note do you feel like you've had any strong intuitions or messages or communications from this this Mm. little one well definitely not about names (laughs) (laughs) having a very hard time thinking of any names Mm -hmm. your mother suggested millicent the other day Mm. yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh mother yeah um i i don't know if it's a girl or a boy people keep telling me either way and they're like but what do you think i'm like i don't know just I don't really care, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Gonna be one or the other, probably. <laughs> <laughs> In all likelihood. Yeah. Um, 
I did have a cool experience where I woke up early one morning and the baby was moving around a lot and I was just thinking like asking it if it wanted to share anything about itself with me mm. and I fell back asleep and I had a dream where the baby was born I think it was pretty small not like alarmingly small just on the small side which would make sense because I was a pretty small baby and my partner was a medium to small size baby and it was a little floppy and just like not seeming super vivacious but I knew I was looking at this baby and I was like I know that it's okay nothing needs to happen everyone just <laughs> leave me alone please this baby doesn't need breaths or oxygen or stimulation or whatever and I just hung out with it for a little bit talked to it I may have given it a couple of breaths myself but not in like a very clinical exact sort of way and I don't I don't know if that is going to happen I mean obviously I don't know if that's going to happen mm -hmm. but it was good to be prepared for that and to know that in that moment I will most likely know what needs to happen mm -hmm. or if anything needs to happen at all and I brought that up with my midwife I was like so listen if the bit like at what point are you going to intervene because if I know that this is okay can I tell you that and you'll trust me and you'll leave me alone mm -hmm. what did she say she was very understanding and obviously you never know until you get into that situation mm -hmm. but it was really good to have that talk and to talk about resuscitation and to talk about what do you want to, like, what do I want to do if mm -hmm. there's a hemorrhage or mm -hmm. what do I want to do if something happens? Yeah. And obviously, in a very severe situation, there may not be a big, long time for discussion. But mm -hmm. it was good to get that out and to have, just, like, to be able to lay out my preferences for her in that way. Like, if I'm bleeding more than we feel is comfortable first I'd like to try to put a piece of placenta in my mouth then I would like to try herbs then if it's like really a dire situation we can go to Batosin but I don't know if I mean that's not necessarily the way she would prefer to operate mm. but I was able to explain that to her and she's like okay I will now I know that that's good to know mm. awesome did you yeah. talk about the you know bow at all because that's yeah. what we use for mm -hmm. me she couldn't remember what it was called. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting hearing your dream process because you've mm -hmm. also had lots of dreams about having stillbirth babies. Do you want to talk about that at all or do you feel like that's influenced your process at all during the pregnancy? I don't think it has. I, I was trying to explain this to you the other day about how at the beginning of the pregnancy I wasn't I wasn't at all concerned about miscarriage. I feel like a lot of women are maybe a little apprehensive or just like there's a slight part of their brain that's like, oh, miscarriage is common, it might happen. But for me, it was not a concern at all. Mm -hmm. But now, sometimes when I think about the birth or think about the baby, there's definitely part of my brain that in a non-emotional way and not fear-based way, it's just like very matter-of-factly being, you know, this baby may not be alive. And it's I don't think it's a, a message that it's not going to survive or anything. I don't feel very strongly that something is going to happen and this baby is going to be stillborn. But 
it's definitely been part of the process that for whatever reason I'm, I've been carrying hmm. but again it doesn't feel like this big heavy burden of like oh my god my baby's gonna die yeah it's just like yeah there's a chance mm-hmm. there's something I think there's a devil makes three song and it's pretty morbid but there's one line that it's like sometimes babies die man life's just rough mm. and that sounds a little insensitive I suppose and I'm not trying to say that for people who have experienced it like it's fine don't worry about it that's just the way things are but for myself that's the way I feel about it now well that's also kind of your attitude about a lot of things that is true (laughs) you're like well this is how it is Mm -hmm. this is how it is yeah and I don't know why I had so many dreams and visions previously to getting pregnant of stillbirth I don't know if I'm was like processing somebody else's experience or something Mm. ancestral or who knows yeah Hmm. interesting um I'm curious what if you want to talk about your relationship and with your partner Mm -hmm. and how just like how things are shifting now that you're pregnant and Yes. (laughs) Well, I live with Sarah, so she gets to see this all played (laughs) out in real time. (laughs) Um, Previous to pregnancy, and still at this point, but, you know, to a slightly less extent, I was a very independent person. And I did things by myself. I didn't really need help. And I didn't really need people that much. Like, I was, I've never been a clingy sort of relationship. Oh, let's hang out kind of person. And it was often the other way where Patrick would want to spend more time with me. And I was like, I've I've got my own thing going on. I'm good. Like, maybe we'll just see you tomorrow. (laughs) 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 But since getting pregnant, and especially this, these last couple weeks, being in my third trimester, I almost feel clingy, Mm. which has been a shift for me. I feel like. I don't really want to go anywhere. Like the other day we needed groceries and I was like, but I don't want to go by myself. Mm. And it doesn't feel like I'm scared that something's going to happen. I just really don't want to be by myself, mm-hmm. especially without Patrick. Mm-hmm. And this has happened at the same time that he's got an extra super duper crazy work schedule. Mm. And so for him, I think it feels like there's more demands for his time and energy from all sides mm-hmm. which has been challenging mm-hmm. and then for me feeling like I have to share him with work and I guess he needs his own time too whatever. <laughs> but I just want him all of the time to be Aww, with me that's sweet which has been sweet but also a little annoying I'm like kind of irritated with myself <laughs> <laughs> well I, I definitely felt a huge shift in that way when I became pregnant mm-hmm. and I I'm probably a little bit more clingy than than you were, but I I did feel it was like it felt um, like pretty instinctual mm-hmm. of like yeah, wait definitely. like I don't want to be far away from you being mm-hmm. like my partner like you need to stay close to me and like it just felt like I don't know like he, I I just got this like vision of like that Twilight movie where she's pregnant with <laughs> like the wolf cub and there's like that really strong. <laughs> Like maybe you don't know about it. Anyway, there's like this really strong magnetic thing, but I think there is something to be said of just like the spirit of that baby is like Mm -hmm. both of you. 
Wait, isn't she in love with a vampire? She is, but somehow... She has a wolf baby? Yeah, I think oh so. And so, like... The the wolf boy is like can't has is like really obsessed with being close to her. I think I'm remembering this correctly. Anyway, it feels like there's like something like that on some level of just like, you know, this yeah. So I just I remember feeling that really strongly when Mm -hmm. I first got pregnant with Mayu of just like I don't wanna be far away from you at all. Yeah. Which yeah, I think that's super valid and yeah. But he's planning on, well, it was kind of cute. You were talking to him last night about his postpartum plans, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of housework to do around our house. So, you know, the floor is falling apart and we don't have cabinets or drawers in the <laughs> kitchen. And it's a beautiful house. I don't want you to think anything bad of it. But it needs some love and assistance. And yeah. Patrick's a really great carpenter man or something I don't quite know how to explain what he does he builds things with wood and so I was thinking maybe you know in the postpartum time because I have so many amazing people to help take care of me and we have a whole schedule lined up with food and massages and yada yada so you don't go crazy and you get to be productive you can just work on building cabinets for the kitchen (laughs) so you'll be close by and you'll be getting things done and then the kitchen will be so beautiful Mm mm-hmm was a good idea except for the shop situation yeah except that you need to build cabinets in a shop yeah but, but he w- he wasn't entirely opposed to the idea of working on things around the house no, which didn't seem to be. i think we could definitely find other things for him to work on i appreciate it really sweet i don't know if it's because two of the women in the house that we live in right now are pregnant but to see the men in the house really step up their housekeeping game yeah yeah like, i know z has always been kind of that way except that he works on the farm so much but to see everyone else, like, in two days, two different men clean two bathrooms. That yes. Was Patrick was in me. the bathroom for, like, two hours with these very tight pink <laughs> rubber gloves. It was so cute. Was really cute. I wish I got a picture. And they've been working on patching the holes in the floor and deep cleaning the washing machine. Yeah. It seems like they're really enjoying the, like, sense of camaraderie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's super sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I guess back to the original question, I've been feeling, I think for a lot of my life, I've identified or felt more comfortable with being in more masculine energy Mm. and definitely being pregnant has taken a huge shift in the other direction. And so that's definitely been interesting to watch play out in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, how can I let go enough so that he can be the masculine pole so that I can be safe being the feminine pole. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that, do you feel like that's shifting? Do you feel like you've been able, because I think we talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Do you feel like you've been able to let go anymore? Yeah, I think it has been. And I think it was really good. It was nice to hear you say, I was kind of just complaining and whining a little bit about how I feel like Patrick isn't stepping it up enough into his masculine self that I can feel comfortable releasing that position completely and being a like receptive feminine side. And Sarah was like, well, you can't really expect him to step up into that if you're still holding it. Like, mm-hmm. you need to be able to trust him and just let go so that he can step into that. Yeah. And that's been a really special practice. Yeah. 
Yeah, and also like being gentle with him through it and like giving mm-hmm. like he's in a tr- I don't want to say a training but like he's also trying on new shoes and like yeah. you know I know that you've really been wanting him to like cook for you more and the other night it was so cute we were in the kitchen and he was trying <laughs> to cook something and I was like alright Patrick I'm going to give <laughs> you some lessons and he was like okay please like tell me what to do but yeah. it was really sweet like I could definitely mm-hmm. see that he, he was like alright I'm going to do this I'm yeah. going to like make some food for my my woman and it was so sweet but then you didn't like it <laughs> can't really eat mushrooms i know i'm just not into mushrooms <laughs> <But it was laughs> really potatoes were hard but yeah. i really really appreciated the thought and the effort yeah i think it's also great that there are two other papas in the house that he can kind of mm-hmm. learn from in some ways yeah yeah definitely i mean as crazy as intense and crowded our house is there's like there is a mm-hmm. lot of beauty that comes from it and yeah i think that is really sweet mm-hmm. definitely yeah hmm is there anything else like in particular that mm-hmm. feels really well i was just talking with a couple of our housemates recently about how someone didn't they were like i don't understand women because their partner was on their moon and was feeling very sensitive and wasn't able to give much energy to the partnership, but then she was helping out a friend with some kind of project. And he's Mm. like, I don't understand it. You can devote all this time to her, but you say you don't have any time to do this with me or you need me to just leave you alone. I just Mm. don't understand women. Mm -hmm. So that prompted this whole conversation about like moon time dynamics and how to navigate that as both sides of the partnership and I was not really contributing more just listening but this whole third trimester so far I'm 29 weeks pregnant I just felt like I've been on my moon and I can't really seem to get anyone to understand that Mm. but I used to be very comfortable and fine with you know people dishing out some smack and I could just throw it right back and be like yeah whatever I can zing you too Mm -hmm. this is fine Mm -hmm. but recently when that energy comes up I just feel like falling into a hole and Mm. like I can't deal with this right now Mm. and people are used to me being able to deal with that Mm. but now I can't and I've just yeah I've been feeling definitely a lot more vulnerable and watery Mm. and slow mm-hmm. which you know these aren't normal parts of my temperament so I think it might be harder for me to adjust to than some people mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting like the other pretty fiery pregnant lady I'm thinking of Agata who mm. she was like she's been putting some effort into her nutrition and she's having to eat a lot of protein she's like i just feel so heavy i don't like it mm-hmm. and i'm just thinking like i feel like you've had a similar like i feel heavy and slow and i don't like yeah, it mm-hmm. i mean previously in my life naps were like a nuisance mm-hmm. i don't have time for naps what mm-hmm. are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah it's interesting i feel like having to experience those those different parts in yourself I feel like Mm -hmm. lens for a capacity for more compassion too 
And it's all great practice for being postpartum and being mm-hmm. super open and vulnerable and not necessarily capable of much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, needing definitely. Needing to just receive and open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're 29 weeks already. That's pretty wild. I've just recently, like yesterday or two days ago, now I can feel the baby kicking into my rib cage from the inside. Mm. What a nice feeling. Yeah, it's not super pleasant. Okay, no kicking any ribs out of place, little one. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Just talk to me now about it. <laughs> hmm. Well, let's see. What else? Oh, something else that's been interesting is, so we have now six, well, now five. Until recently there were six, but now there's five pregnant ladies. And we've all been gathering to talk about things and... For Sarah and I to practice, like, taking blood pressure and measuring trundle height and yada yada. And so in feeling all those bellies and in feeling Sarah's belly when she was pregnant, I wouldn't say I have a lot of experience, but I'm more able to tell than your average person off the street where a baby is and what baby parts are what. And with this baby, I have such a hard time figuring out what's going on. Mm. And I think part of it is, for whatever reason, I just have, like, a harder stomach than most people i don't know if that's uterine tone or yeah i mean it's probably sure. uterine your abdominal muscles i've never had a baby before so there's that yeah i think it can be i don't know i think it can be slightly more challenging feeling on yourself too yeah and the baby's also not like the huge baby i don't know if that has anything to do with it i don't know but it's definitely been kind of funny to be like you know on other people i might be able to tell you where the butt was but this guy there's just that's a hard thing and then there's another hard thing over here and yeah i gotta get my hands on you i haven't mm-hmm. been t- feeling too much of your belly yeah i think you just have to press harder than you think you do yeah probably all right well i feel like i'd love to do another podcast with you mm-hmm. before you give birth because I think there's a lot we could get into yeah, about the actual birth. Maybe with Patrick, too. Yeah, that would be sweet. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. Any last thoughts or words? I don't think so. I guess something that came up with this podcast is that if you don't have a podcast or you don't do it regularly, it might be nice to find other ways to record your pregnancy mm. so that you can remember it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or talk about it. Yeah. Or write about it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. Maybe next time. I feel like I'm just so deep in the experiencing of it, I don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's one, maybe one, <coughs> maybe I can give you some homework or something. Okay. Because I feel like you have mentioned that, like, you haven't felt like you really have time to experience or, like, really be in the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel that way? I've definitely been taking more time. But it does feel like it's at the expense of other things. Mm. Like I can choose to do this farm work that needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Or I can choose not to do that and just hang out and be pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to choose not to do work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a particular way, like when you say... <coughs> Like when you th- when you envision yourself really 
soaking up the pregnancy and like just fully embracing it what does that look like to you going for more long walks hmm I, I think you can do that I think I can I just need to remember that it's a priority yeah I think we can do that together because I need to definitely Wait. do more of that all right that's our homework Okay. <laughs> and for everybody else out there too, I bet everybody can go on yeah, more long walks. Go on more walks. <laughs> in the forest. Mm-hmm. In the woods. Yeah. Yeah, I went just through the woods to our neighbors to see the alpacas the other day. That's not a very long walk, but it was so nice just mm-hmm. to be by myself in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it together, but I think by oneself is also mm-hmm. a really good practice. Yeah. I love that Marin says she goes for a walk every morning, no matter what she says a hike actually Mm -hmm. yeah that's a great thing to Mm -hmm. aspire to yeah except around here there's not so much hiking to be done for a couple months of the year Mm -hmm. hey we went hiking we went hiking in the snow the day mayuna's due date remember very clearly wow that yeah that's wild maybe i'll get out some cross-country skis yeah yeah we could probably do that maybe we'll see (laughs) All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in and stay alert to our our next podcast. And we'll put in the show notes all the links to the things that we've mentioned that I'm now forgetting because pregnancy brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right, have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening.